I love the way the First Gen Lounge makes me feel. Because it creates a space where I belong. Where we're able to create community. The fact that it's a community. It's a safe place. It also gives me a place to understand different perspectives. The stories of these individuals prescribe transformational perspective. I receive encouragement, enlightenment, empowerment. And also serve as a catalyst to just keep going. Where we're able to be our true selves. I'm allowed to be an unapologetic first gen. And above all else, tell our story. And every episode is unique. I love it. I'm your host, Dr. Eve, and I'd like to welcome you to the First Gen Lounge. Hey, hey, before we jump into today's session, I'd like to take a moment to invite you to become a part of the First Gen Lounge family. I like to say that it's goodness beyond the podcast and where I share with you exclusive offers, resources to navigate life and entrepreneurship and event information. So, when this conversation comes to an end, head on over to www.thefirstgenlounge.com forward slash family to join. I've even dropped a link in the show notes to make it easy for you. All right, now let's get into it. Hello, hello, beautiful, amazing, intelligent, got your ish together, friends, family, everybody. I am truly excited to be here today with special guest myself. <laughs> no, but uh, really, though, it's just solo dolo today. Just me again. Hope you ain't tired of me yet because if you are, well, um, my bad. Or is it? Mm, I don't know. Uh, I have been under the weather for the past few days and on the road for the past few weeks. So the combination of go, 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 go and earth and guilt probably has finally caught up to me. But I, w- I would like to say it has been a pretty awesome season. And fourth quarter has been like rolling and I wouldn't take any of it back. So I've definitely had to do a lot of R&R the past few days and in a way that I was like, yo, I'm just really going to kick it. And like when I say kick it, like laid in the bed, Dr. Hudson calling me like, hey, you know, how your day going? And like, you still in the bed? And I'm like, yeah, I'm still in the bed, bro. But um, and he understands and you know, I'm feeling really proud of myself actually for being able to just say no to doing things that have been tiresome or draining for me in a time where I just need to sit and rest. So yeah, that has what's been up with me uh, as of late in terms of like, where you at and what you doing and why you so quiet? I, you know, go, go, go. Then I take time to pull myself together. I restore. And I've learned that it's important to do so to restore, to take care of oneself. As a friend told me a while ago, self-care is proactive and not reactive. But I didn't really understand what that meant at the time. I know what it means to be proactive, right? Go out there and do your thing and like, you know, schedule your facials or body massages, whatever else. But I'm gonna tell you what I've learned most about self-care in the past few weeks that I want to relate to you all before we get to the show. The thing about self-care is a little nugget, especially as we're going into the holidays and getting ready for this new year, this new decade. I'm so excited about it because I'm just like, wow, really that's happening? It's happening. But self-care is doing every day all the things that keep you from being overwhelmed and stressed out. So whatever that may be, when you think about self-care, self-care is a daily act of finding your peace, of taking your space, 
of doing what is necessary for you to feel good about your life every day. For whatever reason, I think that when society tells us to take care of ourselves, they give us this perspective that we're supposed to put self-care on the calendar and make it a thing that we do every so often at the point of being burnt out. But as I'm learning it for myself, self-care is not getting to the point of being burnt out in the first place. And with that, I've been thinking a lot about what it really means to improve the quality of one's life. You knew I was going to go somewhere with that, right? I know you did. I know you did. So self-care has really been the thing that set off a lot of the thoughts that I've had lately. And especially as I've been working with you all, um, even through like the newsletter to prepare you for 2020 and thinking about what you want for your life and how you're going to get yourself prepared for what's ahead. And it's been thinking about how I'm taking care of myself which is also making me think about how I set my goals to ensure that I'm doing what I can to take care of myself or continue to incorporate self-care as a lifestyle. As this work-life integration, the balance, is it consistent with what I need? And that being the goal, is it consistent with what I need, but also going to allow me to make sure that I show up and I be my best self? I have always been of a mind that you work hard and you work hard and you get something you're all But over the past three years or so, something that I realized is giving something your all doesn't mean you have to drive yourself into the ground to get everything done. Do what you can, when you can, how you can. Some people say I'll rest, you know, when I die. But if you don't rest, I'm not sure the future looks too promising (laughs) because you got to be able to find a happy medium um, for yourself. So, again, great emphasis on self-care. As we're starting this particular episode, and y'all, oh my gosh, episode 90. Hey, let me tell you why I'm excited about that because y'all know I love all things nine, but in just 10 episodes, which means in just 10 weeks, we will be at episode 100. What they do that at? around here so um again so many things to be so excited about and again why i'm seemingly randomly talking which i'm not we have hit the twenty-six thousand download mark and we have hit 36 countries at least 36 countries i had to go back and put up everything together look at all the numbers and so i mean actually we hit the 26 we're past twenty-six thousand downloads so thank you thank you and what's what i'm gonna say again Thank you, you right, for what you are doing to help spread the good first-gen gospel to the masses, literally across the world. We are here changing lives, and that's what this is all about. Mm. Starting us off with, you know, with self-care and thinking about what I've been experiencing lately with my mind is that. And today I want to give you five questions to ask yourself as you're seeking to improve your own life. We never stop improving our lives. And if you do, I mean, you do stop, uh, you know, hey, what can I say? No judgment. But yeah, five questions for you to ask yourself as you seek to improve your life. And these are things that I want you to carry with you into the new year as you're, again, getting ready. You should already be getting ready. Some people should say you should already have it together for this first quarter. But realistically, I know that many of us like to just wait till the end of the year to get it together. But at least we are getting started with the thought process. But anyway, question number one, what do you love the most? Do you know what you love the most? And I would say not just what, but even who you love the most. As you're thinking about ways to improve your life and ways to find more joy, more fulfillment, think about the things that you truly love. When you consider the things that you love, 
and you can write those things down and hey here's a charge write down five things that you know that you love and spend more time doing those things because when you do what you love when you spend time with who you love what you find is that the time is far more well spent it's far more enjoyable and it's time that you look forward to. I was having a conversation with Dr. Hudson you know, earlier, maybe even like yesterday, and something that came up was, you know, there's a certain thing in my life that while I, I have deep affection for that thing, I don't necessarily enjoy it. Though I love it, I don't enjoy it. And because I love it, I do it in spite of the fact that it may not bring me the most joy. But... There is joy in knowing that I may bring joy to whatever the situation is. And I know that it was very vague, you know, how I just put that, because I'm trying to, you know, keep some of my business to myself. But what I will say is that even when we we are part of doing things that we love the most, there are, I want to say boundaries, but you've got to do more of what you love and you got to be around more of who you love so that you are creating good spaces in your life. That's what I'm really trying to say. And... When I find myself loving things but feeling obligated, there we go, I tend to not be involved or do more because I want to do things because there's pure love in what it is that I have going on and what I want to be invested in rather than feeling like I have to because it's expectation. So what is it that you love the most? And if you find that there are things in your life that you love, But those things also make you feel like you love it and you have to do it because it's what others are expecting of you or it's because you feel guilty. That's not the right reason to love it or to do it because the things that you tend to love are the things that you get excited about. Tend to be not all the time, because I know sometimes we love people who don't love us back. That doesn't mean us we will love bad people. It just means that the situation is not a good situation, right? Sometimes you may love eating fried chicken. Y'all, I love fried chicken. We know this, right? But fried chicken don't always love me back. Sometimes I got to let it go because I'm like, I'm not trying to blow myself back up again. But to say that is to say, if you spend more time, again, doing what you love and doing things that you love with people you love, a way to improve your life is to find joy in those moments that you share. And as I said that several times, because repetition sticks. So the question, first question, what do I love the most? Ask yourself that. Identify the things you love the most, the people you love the most, and do more of those things in 2020. Question number two, how can I make this easier? How can I make what easier? What you talking about? Anything. Be it the condition of your relationship, be it working through a graduate school program, be it building a business. What are things that you can do to simply simplify whatever it is that you have going on? A lot of times we tend to think that the more we're doing, the more we're getting done, the more we're achieving, the more accomplished we are, more, 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 more. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. But when you tired and you burnt out and you don't have the energy to go, you stop doing more and end up doing less, but you still have more to do. And you can't change the fact that there is still just more. I was talking to a friend of mine again recently. I'm always having a conversation, right? Y'all know I love to be in deep conversations. And we were talking about having this work from anywhere lifestyle. And something I think a lot of people don't realize is that it's still more work in a number of ways 
that people who just go to a job every day don't always recognize. And so even in what I'm doing, you know, when I travel and I speak, I still have conference calls and video conferences and proposals to submit and a podcast to try to keep up with. And there's still more work. And even when I've had help here and there, you know, with things, it's still things to keep up with. So rather than me doing more, I started thinking based off of something I read a while ago, but I come back to very often, what would happen if I just did less? Or what happened if I just focused on speaking engagements in this area? Or what would happen if I just took phone calls on these days during this time? Or what would happen if I just stopped doing this one project altogether because it's not getting me anywhere anyway? So you can never be honest with yourself about what you have going on in your life. And you say to yourself, how can I make this easier? Like, don't make it harder than it has to be. A lot of times we make situations harder than they have to be because we think the more complicated, again, the more that we have going on, the more that we're getting done. But that is not true. So for me, when I think about how can I make it easier, it's not that I'm trying to find a cop out. It's trying to say, again, going back to what I opened up with, thinking about self-care and thinking about always being on the go and thinking about what it means to recover so I can pick it up, my life, my my business, whatever it is, and go forward and be wonderful in whatever it is that I'm doing and not half-assing it. So that to even say, how do you make things easier? Is it accepting that you just need to use the dishwasher because you've been on conference calls all day? Is it accepting that maybe you need help with meal prep and planning and maybe going to get ready-made meals because you really just don't have the time to cook and to go buy groceries and do those things? Like, that's totally okay. If making things easier means that when you take your clothes off, you just dump them right into the washer so that as soon as the washing machine fills, all you have to do is throw your detergent in and put the water in there. Just let let that cycle spin. If that's something that you have in your house, you know, if you have access to it, then hey, then do that. What is making your life look easier look like? Does that mean sitting down on a Saturday and knocking out an assignment so that you can have Sunday to rest? Does that mean, you know, for those of you who are podcasters, does that mean just batch recording all of your podcasts rather than trying to do them over a week's time? Does that mean taking a whole Saturday, scheduling everybody and just having it done? What is it like to make things easy for yourself? Does that mean that you have certain days of the month where you reach out to certain people just to check in and you stop stressing yourself about, have I talked to them this week? Have I talked to them this week? But here's another thing about making life easier. If you're putting work into relationships or into endeavors and you're not getting the return, maybe it's okay that you just let those things go. The other thing, how much are you just letting go for the sake of it's just not necessary to keep holding on to it because it is weighing me down because it is taking too much of my energy because it is draining me. So in your relationship, is it cool for you to sit down with your spouse, your significant other, whomever, and plan out some of your date nights? And not even having to do extravagant, crazy things, but just saying, hey, let's do games this night. Let's do wine tasting this night. Let's make pizza at home this night. Let's, you know, have a who can make the better cheeseburger contest. Little silly things like that are actually fun because me and Dr. Hudson do, you know, all the time, which is really, you know, a great way to still connect and to not overstress a date night or having to orchestrate and bring a bunch of friends together and put together a menu and do game nights, which we do thoroughly enjoy, but sometimes make it easier means a lot more. So again, to the second question, ask yourself, how can I make this easier? If you find yourself getting stressed out and overwhelmed and worked up about something, it's probably time for you to ask yourself how to make it easier and try to problem solve and think about things you want to do to 
lessen the load for yourself, no matter what it is in your life. Number three, as you're seeking to improve your life, question is, will this matter a year from now? Will this matter a year from now? This really helps with the decision making. Not only as you're thinking about the things that you love, not only as you're thinking about things that you're trying to make easier, but really in all the decisions that you're making, will this matter a year from now? A part of improving your life and seeking joy and finding happiness and changing careers or pursuing entrepreneurship, writing books, whatever it is that you're doing, will this matter a year from now? If the answer is legitimate no, then you know what to do. You know what to not stress over. You know what to not bother yourself with. You know what phone call, what text message, what email not to answer. Like, you know, you know what to let go of. Because if you can honestly say in a year from now, and this is even contingent on things that you probably already experienced from even a year ago that you're thinking about moving ahead and you're like, yo, last year, this was so significant, but this year it's not. Then that gives you a good indication of how letting go of things <laughs> may not matter a year from now. And I guess I speak a lot of letting go of things because again, as you're thinking about improving your life and thinking about things that you want for yourself, sometimes you have to let go of things so that you can receive other things, new things, fresh things. Immediately, I have had a very hard time of letting go of clothes in spite of the fact that well over half my wardrobe, actually all of my wardrobe, <laughs> I had to get rid of on account of weight loss. I had bags and bags and bags of clothes sitting in my closet for at least like eight months. And it wasn't until like two weeks ago, I actually took all those clothes and I donated them because my initial plan was to find a first generation college student who was plus size, let her go through all the clothes and let them go up through all the clothes and coordinate this event and blah, blah, blah. But in the question to myself, how can I just make this easier? <laughs> like, that would be great to do. I can do it one day. But for right now, my life, I need to get rid of these clothes because they're hogging up my closet space unnecessarily. And not only this is weight that I've let go of, these are clothes that I need to let go of. I need to let go of this part of my life so I can start to rebuild and do something different, right? But in doing so, I called up one of my sorority sisters, hey, Natasha. And I was like, you know, can you help me in figuring out if there's a shelter or something I can get these clothes to? Because I'm really big on, if I'm going to give something away, I want to make sure that I can put it in the hands of people who I know is going to help. And I know we have Goodwill and Salvation Army, but I like actual nonprofits that are working directly with people who can like go pick the shoes, go pick the bag, go get the pants, get whatever they need. Things like that really resonate with me. So anyway, I was able to, to just let it go. And then I realized like letting those clothes go a year from now is really not going to matter that much. I didn't need them anyway. And I was trying to be so strategic about this decision and this way of doing it that I created more stress than was necessary. But how can I make this easier? What do I love? I love helping people and thinking about is this going to matter a year from now? It's not going to matter how I gave the clothes away as much as it's going to matter that the clothes are gone. <laughs> so you see, I put some of these things together, like in this and these questions that I'm asking myself as I'm looking to improve my life to create space for what's to come, the evolution. So will this matter a year from now? Will the phone call that you don't make matter a year from now? Candidly, my grandmother got sick and I didn't rush home. Um, I did not, you know, and I know I'm telling y'all all this and it was very emotional for me. But the thing that I was like, yo, you know, I know that I have to go home, but I was still dealing with a lot internally behind the fact that my grandmother's condition had changed so much. And it was very hurtful and very bothersome just being very forward with you all. So even in that, 
I knew that I needed to put urgency on going home in spite of the fact that I had a lot going on up here. But urgency didn't look as urgent, maybe to some people, as it did to me. And I knew that when the time came for me to go home, I knew that I just needed to go home, point blank, period. And I did go home. And I knew that a year from now, it could matter that I didn't go home. And I even knew that how early I could have gone home did make a difference in what could happen a year from now. Because my grandmother's not getting any younger. None of us are. And her condition, you know, was such that I was like, oh, my goodness, are you serious? And this is my last living grandparent. So it was still, again, a lot of mixed emotions because with my last grandparent passing back uh, about three years ago, three and a half years ago, I didn't even know that she had passed away until I had gotten back home on a Monday and a cousin had called me. And I'm like, well, you know, we didn't have a relationship to be very you know, transparent with y'all. And for what that's worth, it was one of those things like a year from now, it mattered because there were so many things that had gone unsaid, so many things I didn't get to know or learn about myself and my life. But anyway, not to get off on that tangent, will something matter a year from now? And if you think that it absolutely will, you know how to act. If it won't, then keep it moving. Okay. Which brings me to number four. Does this bring me joy? And I kind of said something about this earlier, but what do I love the most? You know, loving things that you love the most. And I actually want things that you love that should bring you joy. Although I recognize that's not always the case because sometimes love ends up coming from me. He's like, well, if it's not love and if it's not bringing you joy, then it's not really love. Like, no, that's not really true. You may love school, but that doesn't mean doing the work brings you joy. <laughs> you know, like it may be sometimes frustrating and exhausting, but thinking about improving your life, are you doing things that really bring you joy? And those things that bring you joy are the things that you really look forward to doing. And it doesn't mean that you have to absolutely positively love everything, but it just brings you joy. Like it brings me joy to pick up a good book. I can't tell you that I absolutely love reading, but I love learning. So I do read because that brings me joy. You know what I'm saying? So doing things with people that you love, doing things that you love, but doing things that bring you joy. Well, Eve, what's the difference between love and joy? Love is eternal. Love is a thing that like, Oh my gosh, it's just, I can't even put it into words. That's how I put it. Joy is speakable. Ooh, but you know, some people say unspeakable joy. To me, joy is speakable. You can speak to the things in this particular scenario that bring you joy. Like I just talked about, I love my family unconditionally and eternally as I love my husband, as I love fried chicken. I ain't gonna let the fried chicken go. <laughs> but things that bring me joy, you know, also things that I've been able to look at and say, well, I don't necessarily love doing it. Like I could do without it. There we go. That's a good way, a better way to say it. A good way, making up words. I can do without it, but it still makes me feel really good and makes me enjoy life, period. So does this thing bring me joy? If that's cuddling with a good book, if that's enjoying a cup of coffee in the morning, and if it's not coffee, is it hot cocoa, is it tea? Is it eating a big bowl of salad? Is it picking up the phone to call a friend or somebody who you haven't talked to in a while? Is it going to a networking event? Like things that you don't have to do, but it makes you feel really good to do it. Does it bring you joy? Does going to class bring you joy because you around your classmates? Does running a business bring you joy because you find freedom? Like people don't always love having a business. I don't know if y'all know that, but surprise. But the thing is like, so that's why I say love and joy is different. Do I love having a business? Personally, I do. Does it bring me joy? Absolutely, it does. Is it a lot of work? Hell yeah. <laughs> but for what it's worth though, 
I know that for me, it brings me joy to know what work I'm doing because of the long-term benefits and impact of it. Your job may bring you joy. You may not love your job. This is true, but it may bring you joy knowing who you're helping because of the work that you're doing and the things that you're getting done. So again, does it bring you joy? And when you think about loving something and joy, I may not love this always, but at least it's giving me some kind of fulfillment and it's helping me to improve the quality of my life. And I even take it a step further. Does it bring you joy because it's helping you to improve the quality of somebody else's life? That brings me joy. It brings me joy to know that I can help others and I don't have to. I can choose not to help a person today. I can choose not to do something that will be meaningful, impactful any day of the week. But when I do choose that thing, it's because it's not only adding, again, joy and value and meaning to my life, but knowing that it's doing so for somebody else. So again, does it bring me joy? Question number four. And then as we move into question five, I think this is probably the the bigger question that I've had lately. It's like, even some interesting questions you've asked yourself lately. Are they really? And yes, I really talked this long about these questions. Listen, I have really been in my head and really having a lot of amazing conversations with my sister girls. And we've just been processing and digesting all things life. But this probably got to be the favorite question that I've asked myself lately. And I haven't asked this one out loud until now, but I guess I'm going to give it to you. Question number five is you're seeking to improve your life is if nothing changes, am I good with this? Mm, I'm going to let y'all sit with that. I'm going to ask you again. If nothing changes, am I good with this? If you look at your life, the decisions you're making, what you do or do not have, and you can look at the circumstance and if nothing changes about what it is, are you good with that? If the answer is no, you know what to do. You got to make some changes. I started thinking about my career a lot because I was telling y'all entrepreneurship is hard. It's harder for me because my business is really speaking and speaking while it can take a little time to build, depending on, you know, what you're doing. And admittedly, I've been doing a whole lot of stuff. So I've been all over the place. So I haven't just been focused on speaking. I'll say that much. But then also being in a solopreneur space and doing more to contract out some of the help that I need, but also maintaining a life, being a wife, being a fur mom, being a friend. There are just so many elements to who any of us are, right? And I started to ask myself, if nothing changes about my life right now, am I good with this? Am I good with my career? Am I good with where my relationship is? Am I good with having this dog? Am I good with the car that I'm driving? Am I good with the house I'm living in, the neighborhood that I'm in? And that question started making me like really get in my feelings. And in a way that I was like, wow, that was heavy. And I didn't even expect it, like, you know, make myself go that deep. But then it made me realize the things that I really and truly wanted to work on improving, the things that I really and truly wanted to change, the things that I really and truly wanted to put more focus on. For example, I really, really enjoy speaking engagements. That is the thing that brings me the most joy, honestly. But I also realized I've been doing events and some events from the podcast that I would absolutely, you know, be in a space to do more of in the future. But it's not the thing that was really making me feel like if I did do more events, then, oh, the podcast would be greater. But if I didn't do more events for the podcast and the podcast would be less, you know, it would be worse. And if nothing changed about me doing events on my own independently, I'll be good with that. But I would not be good 
with not having more speaking engagements to be able to go travel across the country, across the world and engage audiences of students and helping them improve the quality of their life, especially first generation college students and just helping them to like, you know, think big, bigger, think greater, you know, just just live awesomely. I won't be okay with that. I know that at this moment in my life, if I were to not go back to an institution of higher learning as a full time faculty or staff, like right now, I'm good with that right now in my life. Now, if you ask me two years, but I have a different opinion, I don't know. But right now I'm good with that. But I'm not good with not giving entrepreneurship my all. I'm not good with not saying that I have truly done everything that I can do to ensure that I'm getting my business where it has to go. I'm not okay with that. So if nothing changed (laughs) at all, I wouldn't be good with the level of effort that I'm putting into some of my personal projects that are business related rather than some of the projects that I've taken on that are endeavors that sometimes sidetrack me from what my primary goal is and that where it goes to you can't always help everybody and you can't always do everything because you're just not going to be good at it but also how can you make some of these things easier creating more work for myself has necessarily meant that I've been more effective or more successful and you know social media you only get the highlights right you only get the highlights but people don't always understand how I went from a 40 hour work week. Okay. When you 40 hours, I'm tripping. Mm-mm, I'm lying. I'm lying. I'm lying. They're like 60 hours. <laughs> so yeah, you go from like a 60 hour work week, you know, cause I think a lot of y'all can relate to working seems like every day of the week around the clock, but it doesn't feel like work most of the time when I'm doing anything, be it that I'm socializing on social media, that I'm trying to go to a networking event, that I'm meeting with other people, that I'm seeking podcasts, that I'm looking for guests, whatever I'm doing. It just really brings me a lot of joy. I really love it. And it feels easy to me, right? So you see how I put that together again? So in those questions though, but if nothing changed, am I good with this? And nothing changed about the podcast, I feel like I'm good with it. And what do I mean by nothing changed? If the format didn't change, if I ain't gonna say if we have any more listeners and stuff like that, I ain't gonna trip like that. But if nothing changed about, you know, what this podcast is at its very foundation, like I'm good with that. I feel like what we're doing with the show is really awesome. It's really, you know, fun. It's really exciting still. And it still brings me a lot of joy. And I'm hoping that it does for you as well. But based on some of the feedback that I've gotten from you all lately, I'm like, okay, okay, this is good. This is good. But again, the question, if nothing changed, am I good with this? Looking at some of your relationships with your friends, are you okay with how you're being treated and how you're treating them? And intimately, are you okay with where you are with your significant other? And again, if not, you may want to change some of those things. Or are you good with how you're eating and how you're feeling? Are you good with how you're taking care of your mental health? Are you good with how you're investing in your finances? If nothing changed about some of those things, I wouldn't be good with it. Like I would not be because while I know there's more that can be done, the submission to truth (laughs) is that there's always room for improvement But sometimes we don't prioritize things because we don't think about what it means that those things never change. And the fact that we don't invest more energy into those things mean that they never will change. Yeah, okay. Am I coming off? Look, you coming off this three days being in the bed, you doing all this talking. But I've really just a lot of thoughts and I wanted to make sure that I was delivering for you for for episode 90. Like y'all listen, 90 again, got so excited about it. But I think we all want better lives. I think we all want to have the best life that we can have. But we don't always know what that looks like. 
especially when we're comparing our lives to what everybody else is posting on social media. Have I done it before? Am I guilty of it? Yes. Do I care these days? I ain't tripping at all because I'm only concerned about how I'm feeling about my life, about my progress and me and the people that I'm looking to impact. Everything else doesn't matter because I know in in my maturity, in my adulthood, that everybody's going through something and life is only as good as we make it. But also the joy of life only comes from the things that we've decided to truly invest in ourselves based on what we say we love. All the things that we identify that bring us joy off of doing more of what matters to us versus doing more of what matters to everybody else. So as we're moving into 2020, because it's coming on up, not coming on up. Five questions to consider to improve the quality of your life, to improve your life, period. And these are just five. I'm sure you can come up with 50. But what do I love the most? How can I make this easier? Will this matter a year from now? Does this bring me joy? If nothing changed, am I good with this? Those are the five questions to ask yourself. Sit, ponder, wonder, journal about it, make your list talk through these things with a friend but whatever it is you do do what matters to you don't feel guilty about what you do however you do it if it's what you want to do because this is your life and your life alone and nobody can live your life for you but what it's worth each day is an opportunity to find more joy to be happier to improve the quality of your life and that starts with deciding what it is that you want and determining how you're going to get it. But first thinking about how changing your life, how improving the quality of your life means that you got to get out of your own way. And it means that sometimes you're going to make choices that are going to feel hard. But in the end, you've got this. So uh, that is my spill, my very heartfelt (laughs) spill for you all today. Wishing you the best of luck in all that lies ahead. And keep doing what you do. And for those of you who celebrate the holidays, since they're coming up, happy holidays. But I guess we'll actually catch you a little bit after Thanksgiving. So don't eat too much. But if you do, hey, handy go business. Just send me a plate. All right, y'all. I'm out. Before you go, I just want to take the time to say thank you again for tuning in, for being in this space. I really appreciate you. Now, if any part of the show did anything for you, then pass the word. Tell a friend. You know, text, email, DM. Let them know about the First Gen Lounge so we can continue to inspire others that are around us. I want you to come back and kick it again. But in the meantime, keep pressing forward.